0: Turn my phone off. Well, I guess the only thing that could be better is it's your podcast, Jason.
1: Uh, well, hey, that's, uh, that's what I do now. So I'm excited to have you on. This is really awesome because I've, I've mentioned you in quite a few episodes. So Oh, cool. Is it, I, I want to hear all about what's going on in your life. But is it strange for you to kind of be the OG in CrossFit right now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I don't think it's strange. Um, You know, it's it really, for for, for me, it it really affirms, there's this Bible verse that says, the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. And it just really affirms for me that God put me at that place at that time. I think there was a reason why he destined me to be an OG and CrossFitter. And what that purpose is will be determined in god's good time yet it was certainly part of his will that i was there that december morning in 2001.
1: well i want to hear about all of this that's going on but let me let's give the listeners a little background in case they you know a if they just google you they'll find out plenty but in the early days before the games were on espn before you know, CrossFit was what it is today. You were the guy, you were the guy that I saw. And I was like, okay, this is what I can s- strive to be like, whether it was getting a DVD of you doing Helen or <laughs> watching you do GI Jane, or, a, you know, it was a four minute Fran where a coach is like, anybody beats this guy, you get $500. You know, that was you back then. <laughs> and, and, and you know, like you said, you you walked into CrossFit, In December the old HQ you know what was CrossFit Santa Cruz the original box and just dove in
0: yeah I dove in and I think the motivation for my diving in is important it provides good context because I was searching for something that would enhance my capacity as a deputy sheriff not only enhance my capacity yet save my life because just a few months before finding CrossFit I had a fight in which the assailant was trying to take my life. And it felt like I was fighting two assailants. There was the physical suspect. The other assailant was myself. I was fighting myself. My mind was trying to communicate to my body something my body could not do. So I was searching for some type of fitness program or some means by which I could recreate the sensation that I had on the street, because I knew it would only be a matter of time before something like that happened again. So I was trying on my own to devise workout methods that could recreate that feeling of sheer exhaustion, and nothing I was able to do on my own got me even remotely close. Then a friend of mine named Sam Radetsky, who knew what I was up to, he had heard about CrossFit. And the way that he presented this to me, he said, you know, Greg, I've heard about this crazy little gym. There's this crazy coach, these crazy workouts, and they might kill you. <laughs> and here's the phone number. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, that's what I've been looking for. <laughs> so I called the phone number 464-2520. I still know it to this day. It had that much of an impact on me.
1: Well, hopefully, you're not giving out Coach's phone number right now. But no, yeah. it's not his <laughs>
0: personal number any longer. That was the number that rang landline into the world's first CrossFit gym. What's really remarkable is that that rang into the gym, Coach answered the phone. And I introduced myself and asked if I could come work out. He said, Absolutely. Be here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. I showed up and I've Never looked back since.
1: And I, and I think I've heard you tell this story before. That was the first time when you showed up where coach says, you're going to go against him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's something I talk about often because whether we realize it or not, we, we get fairly indoctrinated into the CrossFit culture rather quickly. Yet, this is a radical concept, at least it was for me, because I've been exercising with people for many, many years prior to that particular workout. Yet what coach said, one word changes everything. It's not that I'm going to work out with Mike Weaver. I'm going to work out against Mike Weaver. And that is what lends itself to the inherent community of CrossFit, but of course also the intensity of CrossFit, is I really wanted to win that workout because I was equating that workout in my mind with, this is officer survival training. And I have to win this workout. Anything less than winning the workout is equatable to losing a fight on the street, which for a law enforcement officer, that means you're not going
1: home. Did you win that workout? No, I got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you ever have to fight in the sale again where all of your CrossFit training helped you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm approaching, tw- I'm still a law enforcement officer. I'm approaching 20 years as an officer. So there's been numerous occasions where I'm absolutely certain my level of capacity achieved through CrossFit has helped save my life. Yet even more important, it's also saved the lives of thousands of other officers who indirectly I've taught CrossFit or Coach Glassman has taught CrossFit or you've taught CrossFit. That's what's so important to understand is that when a CrossFit trainer teaches a law enforcement officer, firefighter paramedic military operator crossfit they are enhancing that person's ability to live to survive to go home safely at the end of the night
1: that that's really you know as you're saying that i'm thinking of all the people i've taught over the years and i never thought about it that way so that's really incredible to hear yeah how how hard was it though for you to bring it back you know even this day and age in crossfit 2019 you bring it to a Police academy, or to some law enforcement or firefighters, and they're like, "Ah, that's that crazy stuff." It must have been even harder back in two thousand three, two thousand four.
0: Well, I started that day. <laughs> <laughs> that workout was at six a.m. I was working swing shift, so at two o'clock, I was in roll call, telling all these senior deputies, "Hey guys, let me tell you about my workout this morning." <laughs> and they they didn't want to hear about my workout that morning. They could care less. Um, but something Glassman taught me in the early days, he used it as a humorous illustration. He was serious. He used to say, Hey kid, when you get home, knock on your neighbor's door, teach him how to squat. And the implication was that we have a responsibility and this is biblically supported. Once we learn something that can bring quality to someone else's life, we have an innate responsibility to share that. And that's what I felt compelled to do. I knew that it was just a matter of time before that program would save my life. And therefore, it was just a matter of time before it could help save the life of one of my fellow deputies. So from that day until today, I really made it one of my missions to bring CrossFit to the law enforcement community because we really need it.
1: When did you realize you were outstanding at it?
0: Um, I still don't feel outstanding at it. You well, know, maybe
1: I've, not so much anymore, right? We, they, we've, seen, <laughs> we've seen everybody jump yeah. leaps and bounds. But, I mean, you still are extremely fit. But back then, how did you even know you were good? Well, oh,
0: coach, coach, no, coach told me that I was, I was achieving what he had designed the program to achieve. I was meeting his definition of constantly varied high-intensity functional movement. And I was demonstrating intensity. And that was important because functional movement and variance can be understood at a theoretical level via the whiteboard. Now, intensity, that needs to be felt, to be experienced. And it took my leadership at the early CrossFit level ones, specifically with the workout FRAN, (laughs) that's the amazing history with this workout. It took my leadership in these workouts to show people, oh, that's what you mean. When you say three, two, one, go, that's what you mean, coach. You want me to go like that.
1: <laughs> was he having you do fran at every seminar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That was my job. I'd do Fran. I'd be on standby to do Fran at a in the early days the they were certifications and they were three days. Right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: Do do you think back then he was like, this is it. This guy is what I'm trying to achieve. We've hit it. And he's the standard. Do you you think he had any idea of how far this sport would go one day?
0: Well, as a case in point, all we have to do is scroll back through the archives of CrossFit to see that I think the capacity that humanity has achieved has startled everybody. Because as you already mentioned, there was a time when – Going under five minutes on Fran was a big deal. There was a time when 20 consecutive pull-ups using a kip was a big deal. And now there's the likes of Chris Steeler doing 100, and we have athletes going sub two on Fran. So I think just like any physical endeavor, we continue to evolve. And as the expectations rise, so do... Our capacities and abilities to meet them.
1: One one of if people are listening, I mean, the way you're talking now is is who you are. And one of the greatest experiences I had was when you would travel doing your goal setting seminar. Yeah. And I still reference some of the things you you know believe unconditionally in yourself and the ability of others. We all to. Yeah, and the, you know all the kaizen spirit and all those things. Yeah. A, why did, why, were you, why did you stop doing that seminar? Did you just get life?
0: Well, I'm still doing the seminar in many respects. It's just taken a different media. So everything in that seminar and more is now available in all my books. It's in Fire Breather Fitness. That is taught in the Fable format in my book, The Warrior and the Monk. A lot of that seminar has been repurposed in my new book that comes out in just a few weeks called Victory. So that content and that course is still very much alive. And in addition, I realized that so much of that course is available right now. An uh, audience member that's listening could pull up on YouTube the golden nuggets from that course on the CrossFit YouTube channel. So because it was available on that particular media, I started to pursue other avenues of teaching, as well as recalibrating some of the material for my faith background. I wanted to further substantiate what I was teaching based on the word of God, which I was able to do in particular with the book
1: Victory. So tell me how we got there. I follow you a lot it's it's a challenge to follow you (laughs) all over the place but for for a a long time and I think you're still a part of it you're very big into yoga and teaching Mm -hmm. yoga Mm -hmm. Are, are you still involved in teaching yoga
0: very much so yeah I've got a yoga studio woven into my gym in Santa Cruz and I'm on Mark Devine's staff for teaching Kokoro yoga so it's still a really big part of my life. I just taught yoga last night. We had a pranayama meditation class at my studio last night following a high level Krav Maga class. So it's really an integrated studio. There's martial arts, there's CrossFit, there's a church service once a month and there's yoga.
1: Well, well so you know that's what I want to talk about. Now you're in seminary school. Yes. What? How did how did that occur?
0: <laughs> well, I really felt, you know, that was nowhere on my radar. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what seminary school was. I just had a real hunger for learning more about God's word and for deepening my faith. And that's just kind of the way I've been wired my whole life. When I find interest in something, I like to immerse myself in it. And faith has been a huge part of my life since my earliest childhood memories. I was raised by parents who were saints. They were incredible. So it's all I've ever known. I just wanted to substantiate my knowledge and to achieve a level of credibility where if God further called me into ministry, I would have the equivalent of the credentials that I have to teach CrossFit.
1: And what, so what credentials do you need in that? What, what's the end goal? When I hear, when someone that doesn't know anymore about seminary school, I assume you're becoming a priest.
0: Well, there is a education path in Catholicism for priesthood. For the Christian faith, seminary would allow you to be a pastor, a reverend, a missionary, in my case, a chaplain. I have a big heart for bringing spirituality and faith into the law enforcement community. In my department in Santa Cruz, I serve both as a deputy and as a chaplain. So I have a dual role, dual responsibility. So seminary, in my case, is a course of study that would culminate with a Master's of Divinity, which is the pinnacle academic achievement in the United States, short of a doctorate degree in theology.
1: And, and from there, when you're done with your law enforcement career, is that what you'll be pursuing?
0: This is an interesting season in my life where you and I know each other from the goal-setting course, yes. where I was all about... Having very refined goals, and in other words, influencing our will onto the universe. Now, I still subscribe to that methodology and it works. However, the Bible proposes a different approach to achieving goals. The question the Bible proposes is rather than imposing our will, how about we align with God's will for us? In other words, we can step into a current with God. And the current can allow us to arrive at a potential destination that's far superior to anything that we had ever imagined for ourselves.
1: So it's the person that was all about setting goals is now saying, hey, you have to sometimes go with the flow.
0: Well, remember though, the flow that I'm going with is, God's flow, God's flow. There's a direction, there's a path, there's a purpose. And here's a really great example of this. The principle we're working with is walking by faith, not by sight. What I taught in the goal setting course was in your goal setting, utilize a micro goal, a daily goal to allow you to have some degree of walking by sight, because there's nothing better than the felt experience of tangibly achieving a goal. It provides greater motivation to set and achieve loftier, higher goals. Yet what we see in scripture is walk by faith, not by sight. And one of the first examples of this is when God called Abraham, the father of faith in many respects, out of the land that he was in to go to the promised land. He said, go to the land, I will show you. And Abraham just started walking in a general direction. (laughs) He didn't have a road map. There was no micro goal. He just walked as far as he could in one day. And that's an entirely different experience and approach to have a general idea where God's leading us and to take it day by day, trusting that just like Jesus taught his disciples, give us this day our daily bread. So I'm trusting that God will give me this day, and in this day, he'll reveal to me just as much as I need to know to make it through this day. And the same thing will happen tomorrow. And I've been up to that now, which is a new approach for me. I've been up to that for approximately two and a half years. And it's a remarkable way to navigate life, especially considering that, in many respects, I was an expert in the other approach. In the goal setting approach, I had a course that I taught. I had a book that elaborated on those principles. And based on the testimonies of thousands of people, those principles do work. And we can still use those principles, they're still very applicable. They can come into alignment with God's will for us, yet, we're taking direction from a higher authority. I'm recognizing that I'm receiving inspiration and direction from God to move in a general direction, then I use the action steps that I have in goal setting to maintain that course of direction or that path, so to speak, or that azimuth.
1: Was there a moment that occurred to you or that happened where you decided to make, not that it's a change, but a shift in your direction and go back into school?
0: That was mainly seminary. That's a long answer to your question. What's up with seminary? I don't know. (laughs) I just felt so called into seminary. I always knew I wanted to go back into school. My dad was a chiropractor, so I had entertained thoughts of chiropractic school. Also, with so many years in law enforcement, I entertained thoughts of going to law school, then being a district attorney and a judge. Yet I just couldn't shake this feeling of being called into a school of divinity or a seminary just couldn't shake it. So I little by little started meeting people that had been through seminary and reading on seminary and auditing classes. And it was amazing the potential that I felt this course of study would have for my life and where I was. I just felt it was exactly what I needed. Now what comes at the end? I don't know. It's it's a much different experience. In any other course of study, I knew exactly what came at the end and what came at the end was critical because what I was going through was so hard without a great ending. I'm not sure I would have made it through the trials and tribulations of what I was doing. Yet in this case, I don't know. I don't know what comes at the end, but I do know this is where I'm meant to be and I really am enjoying it.
1: What is one, you know, uh, we've contacted each other a couple of times in setting this up and you're studying what do you what do you study when you're in seminary school do you read the bible or are there other things that you're that you're learning as well
0: yeah mainly it's the bible you know it's a predominantly bible-based course with biblical commentary on the particular text that we're studying so i'm really fascinated by the theology by applying god's word to our life how can the word of god be applicable every single day and every day at my gym when i teach a class in addition to briefing the workout i'll brief what i call the daily whiteboard message and i'm trying to share these biblical principles that have resounding implication and for example here's what i'm teaching today at my gym in the letter to the romans the apostle paul wrote that we can be transformed utterly transformed by a renewing of our mind now the challenge that we have is very often this is how we propose this verse in our life i will be transformed by renewing of my bank account (laughs) i will be transformed when i get my 20 pull-ups i'll be transformed when i get the new job i get the new car i marry the girl of my dreams then I'll be transformed by a renewing of something temporal in the world. And what we realized pretty quickly, and this was even part subtly of the goal setting course, is that the real change that takes place, just like Coach Glassman said, the greatest adaptation is between the ears. It's our thinking. That's where this real renewal and subsequent transformation takes place. So what I try to do is substantiate or base, or another word for this in seminary is proof text, a proposition on the Word of God. And what's really, I think, exciting, brother, is everything that we taught at the goal-setting course, I've been able to substantiate and proof text with Scripture. So it's pretty amazing that through a series of events, I was on the road traveling all over the world. I taught over 100 CrossFit goal-setting courses. That curriculum to this day is archived and available for free on YouTube and in CrossFit journal articles. And everything I taught could be substantiated on God's Word. That's really exciting.
1: That is that is exciting. And I, and I do recommend, if you're listening, to check that out. It, it's an incredible seminar. Where Where do you... Where do you find the balance of coaching, but then also spreading God's word? Do you have members that just want to work out, or is there -- is it known? Okay, if we come to to the box, we're gonna, we're going to learn from Greg.
0: <laughs> it's known. You know, I, it's just who I am. Um, so more and more the gym is becoming an integrated faith slash fitness. Two sides of the same coin. They're both being taught, demonstrated on a daily basis. Where do I find the balance? Um, You know, I think one of the core values that I have based on the great mentors in my life is leadership by example something that Mark Devine and I, Mark Devine is a former Navy SEAL commander, New York Times bestselling author, great guy, a great guest for your show too, brother. We teach this principle of, imagine you have a coin. On one side of the coin, you have self-mastery. You flip the coin over. On the other side of that same coin, you have service to others. Self-mastery, service. And many people really want with a big heart we really want to serve other people yet when we really compress and pressure test this coin what we find is that self-mastery has to come first self-mastery allows us to credibly authentically serve other people and a great illustration of this is think about the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Within 24 hours, there were lines outside military processing centers. The military recruiters couldn't keep up with the number of volunteers that wanted to go into the military. They wanted to serve. Same thing with law enforcement departments. You couldn't turn away enough candidates. Everyone wanted to serve within 24 hours of that devastation. Little did people realize that once you enlist, Two, three years later, now you're ready to serve. What came first? Mastery. You've got to master the tools that allow you to subsequently serve. Now, for the modern-day warrior, that has to still remain intact. Every day, we have to go through a disciplined series of practices that allow us to maintain self-mastery in service of other people. So part of my self-mastery, part of my sadhana, which is just a yogic term for the same thing, part of my practice are spiritual disciplines. Those spiritual disciplines, if I left them off the table in what I'm teaching the students at my gym, I would be doing them a great disservice because it would be easy for someone at the gym to see me in my physical capacity and think, well, if I work out, if I focus on the physical capacity, the physical adaptation, then I'll be able to achieve what Greg's achieved. When in fact, that's the farthest thing from the truth possible. It's the spiritual disciplines, or as Glassman said, it's the mental adaptations that have allowed me to utilize everything I'm learning in the gym in a context outside the gym. And that's just critical for people to understand.
1: Can someone that, wasn't or isn't as fit as you take that same advice and implement it did you yes. did it?
0: yeah <laughs> it's the only advice that counts it's the only advice that matters because remember coach Gosman also said that we differ by degree not kind therefore the felt experience of for example accountability trustworthiness perseverance determination when i exercise i utilize those qualities in my physical training yet those physical qualities that i'm testing result in character development that does not exist within the vacuum of the gym i use those same qualities in every other endeavor of my life and so does a grandmother who's doing the workout next to me with a pvc file She's using a PVC pipe and doing ring rows, but nevertheless, she's developing trustworthiness because she counts all her reps, (laughs) accountability because she's at class and she could be somewhere else. So she's developing the same qualities that I am. So granted, on the whiteboard, there may be a difference in degree, but then as we step out of the gym into life, it's no longer a difference of degree, just kind. I'm doing different things, she's doing different things, but nevertheless, we're using those same qualities.
1: I love it. The message that you're spreading is is really awesome. It gets me excited. Just, I think you're well aware that that's why you do so well as you get, as soon as we get on this call, it's exciting. You're (laughs) there, you're present. And in this day and age, it's very rare to have someone that's as present and genuine as you are. Uh, Two things that I wanted to ask you before we got off. What was the craziest workout Coach Glassman ever programmed for you?
0: Wow, there's been some doozies. (laughs) You know, there was was one that even Coach Glassman realized he made a horrible error. (laughs) There was a workout that I did with a gentleman – Lloyd Lewis was his name, amazing athlete. This guy had one-arm pull-ups, strict one-arm pull-ups, right arm, left arm, tremendous athlete. He's accessible via the archive feature on the website. Someone could look into Lloyd Lewis, remarkable athlete. The workout involved 65-pound barbell if I recall correctly, lunges, walking lunges, thrusters, and push press. I believe those were the modalities around a 400 meter track the progression forward was via the walking lunge and it may have been alternating four walking lunges you stop you perform your thruster then your push press what glassman realized very soon is this would take hours the distance that you were able to accumulate with the repetition scheme and the walking lunge was just horrendous and he was Concerned about the well being and the safety of Lloyd and I, and tried to call the workout off. Yet Lloyd and I had that mindset. Lloyd was a martial artist, I was a deputy sheriff. We had this mindset that we're in this. This is a battle. We're battling each other. We're battling our will. We're battling the workout. And we kept going. <laughs> and that was enthusiastic. And I think what's so funny about that one is even Glassman knew oopsie (laughs) this might have been a mistake
1: you know i've heard that story and i've actually used it in the programming lecture recently where i say you know hey it's only a mistake if you let it go but clearly he he let it go but i don't think it was ever programmed on crossfit.com
0: yeah and he didn't want it to go he realized the mistake tried to stop it but that was like trying to stop two racehorses once they're released from the gates we were going
1: The, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is it's, it was well known back in the day, but I've used you as an example multiple times for people training for long distance running. Yeah. You were training for a 100 mile race by only doing CrossFit.com.
0: Yeah, that's archived on an article and video in the CrossFit Journal called Training 2 Miles to Run 100. Yeah, when I accepted the challenge I believe in the few weeks that remain, the only running workout I did was Helen, which is three rounds of 400-meter run with kettlebell swing and pull-up. Now, granted, on that particular attempt at 100, I think I went 84 miles. I didn't make the 100 with a 24-hour time cap. A few years later, I tried again. Again, no sports-specific training. This was a fundraiser that we did for one of my athletes that had been hit by a drunk driver. We did a 24-hour run where every mile you ran was equal to one dollar in donation proceeds to Nicole. I made it 90 miles on that attempt. Yet just recently, I ran a law enforcement relay race that was designed for four officers, each team member on a team of four would run a 5k twice yet our county has lost three officers so I ran it in honor of the three fallen I ran it by myself eight 5ks so I do these types of things all the time on just pure CrossFit training and I've done similar things with swims Um, Mark Devine and I and a few other athletes, we broke the Guinness Book of World Records with most burpees performed in 24 hours. I did around 9,000 burpees.
1: In 24 hours?
0: 24 hours, yeah. Our team did over 32,000 to raise awareness for veterans. Our goal was 22,000, yet we achieved that goal with about 10 hours left in our 24-hour
1: attempt. How sore were you from that? Two days later, I was...
0: Back in the gym, training. I did, well, another example, over the weekend, I did five rounds of Murph. I took Sunday off, and Monday I did 10 rounds of Cindy. So we achieve a certain level of what Glassman described as a ready state.
1: We, we you say five rounds of Murph, you did MRF five times. So five you rounds. ran 10 miles plus five rounds of 100, 200, 300 yeah and how long
0: the average time was well round one and round five i wore my weight vest that took me about 25 minutes and then rounds two three four the middle rounds were no weight vest those were a little bit longer i was using a strict pull-up to protect my hands around 35 minutes or so
1: so you did three rounds of strict pull-up murph in the middle Yeah, this was in a a row or over the course of the day
0: over the course of friday and then saturday morning of just a couple days ago
1: this is just for fun yeah are are you crazy (laughs) like is that what is it about you that allows like (laughs) challenges you to do this it's it's so impressive I think there's a
0: scripture that says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Anything that you do, do it for the glory of God. So that's part of the way I was wired is whatever I do and whatever I've done, I always do to the best of my ability. And when I came across that scripture a few years ago, I realized, wow, God's implanted that hunger and that drive. That's just part of the way he made me. And that's also based on scripture. Scripture says that God knit us together in our mother's womb. So there are certain faculties, there are certain ways of engaging in the world that are unique to you and unique to me and unique to the listener. These are just the ways, the means by which God allows us to experience life. And one of the ways that he's enabled me to experience life is through these tests that for me are challenges, yet they're opportunities to ultimately draw closer to him. I really enjoy these tests. And these tests, by the way, are not all physical. You should try writing a book. Holy smokes. (laughs) That's a test. Um, uh, You know, in in, in Hebrews, a a New Testament book, there's this beautiful verse. It says that no discipline seems pleasant at the time but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness isn't that great so think about it right at the crossfit gym you're working out that discipline does not seem painful or correction (laughs) it does seem painful (laughs) let's try that again right doing fran it seems pretty darn painful at the time why do we do it well we've come to realize that later on it's producing something in us that far surpasses the temporary pain that we're experiencing during the workout. And that's a, that's a principle that we can utilize outside the gym as well. It's very meaningful.
1: I mean, this is super deep and I, and I love it and I hate to almost simplify it, but it's, it's you are someone that exemplifies what coach Glassman is pushing out there as health. Yeah. You know, back in the day, maybe, it was almost lucky that you got started before all this volume was the big deal. You know, hours and hours of training, not that what you're doing, you didn't make it a part of your daily routine. You're doing these extreme workouts, seldomly, not like athletes that are training hours and hours a day, but because of that, and because of that fitness level that you achieved, now 15 years later, you're still so fit. Yeah, well,
0: it's almost 20 years later, and that's also 20 years in law enforcement, 12 years in the military. That's a body that was shaped, a mind that was forged by the CrossFit program that has allowed me to serve others safely. I'm still safely in my body. My body's been safe for 20 years of training. Remember that the training I've been doing is pure, original CrossFit. These are workouts that were designed, prescribed by Coach Glassman. With the exception of one workout that I recall where Glassman told me to stop, there were workouts that were challenging, yet inherently safe. The most weight I'm lifting, if I recall correctly, was on Diane, 225-pound deadlift. Oftentimes, I'm using 135 pound, that was the staple weight on the barbell, 53 pound kettlebell, rep schemes 21-15-9, average CrossFit workout 6 to 12 minutes, maybe a bit longer if it's purely gymnastic based. 20 years later, phenomenal health, still serving and protecting other people, still in many respects achieving the CrossFit goal of increasing work capacity across broad what time and modal domain i'm a great example of what coach glassman has created
1: you're a great example period of a good good human being i i i want to ask this of you only because i think you will give us a great answer but what does your morning routine look like you just sparked me as someone that has a very disciplined morning routine
0: yeah yeah it's that's where it's at you know jesus said seek first the kingdom of god then everything else will be added to us another same sermon different author recording wrote seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you and what jesus is teaching is this principle of putting first things first which is critical to understand because we all have a lot to do. (laughs) And sadly, many people put what's most important underneath what's least important. They're prioritizing things that really don't matter. (laughs) And what's exciting about what Jesus is teaching is that when you put the kingdom of God first, when you seek God first, then everything else is added. To you, not worked for, added to you. It happens as a byproduct of seeking Him first. And if we come back to the proposition that I'm experiencing as mandated by God to seek Him first, to trust that when I seek Him first, He'll orchestrate everything else in my life accordingly, this further substantiates why this approach to goal setting is rather good because oftentimes in the traditional approach to goal setting, I achieve one goal, which only leads me to have to work to achieve another goal. Yet imagine if there was a master goal that if achieved and if sought after, every other goal could subsequently come into alignment. (laughs) That's what Jesus is proposing. So that being said, In the morning, when I wake up, I seek him first. And the way I do that is with studying the Bible, meditating, and a beautiful practice that I call first words. First words simply means that we understand there's a sequencing of events. The sequence of events, whether we're aware of it or not, begins in the mind. We think something or we have thought something that leads us to speaking something. What we speak about, we act on, or we act about. Now what we're acting about becomes habit in our life, ultimately shaping our character, very soon our destiny. When we reverse engineer that sequence of events, we find that, well, the inception point was the mind. So this practice of first words disciplines me To be aware of what I'm saying, which necessitates my discipline to be aware of what I'm thinking. What I do is I repeat in my mind a verse from scripture. Then I'll speak that as my first word, which further ensures that I am, in fact, seeking God first, both with my voice, with my eyes, with my ears, with my mind. It's a really powerful practice. I've been doing that for several years now with just resounding results. It's become such a big part of my life. That's a fundamental principle of what I teach. It's in all my books. It's in Fire Breather Fitness. The actual step-by-step sequence of events that I go to in my morning practice is taught through the fable in The Warrior and the Monk. And it's a huge part in my upcoming book, Victory, which, man, I can't wait for you to read, brother. It is Get this, the subtitle of the book, it's called Victory. The subtitle is a guidebook to forging eternal fitness. I like it. Because if we're only focusing on elite fitness, that's temporal. That's going to cover us during our time on earth. But we need to think long-term, eternity. So victory teaches the duality of let's be really, really physically fit and experience health in the world while simultaneously having practices to ensure that we're also setting ourselves up for an eternity. It is an awesome book.
1: Well, I'm excited. I've read your other books, and you you also wrote a book called Your Wife Is Not Your Sister, correct?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't mention that one very often, but that book has sold more copies than all my other books combined.
1: It's a and great it, book, by the way, just so uh, you know.
0: It, you know, brother, It to, to this day, I'll receive messages from people that say, it, it saved my marriage. There, there's testimonies of people that were that were a signature away from divorce and they turned it around after reading that book. So, you know, the heartache I experienced has been an opportunity for, thousands and thousands of people to have forgiveness and peace and love in their relationships. It's just amazing.
1: I, yeah, I'd I'd recommend it. Even if it's not one of the ones you're putting out there, it's a great book. And as as you were talking about seeking first, it reminds me, you know, about positive self-talk, which has always been something that you've put out there. And I, I use a reference of yours all the time where you were talking about Running, I think it was for one of your training sessions and people would say something like, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. And, in, yeah. and, and what they're not realizing is every other word they're saying is stop. Yes. Versus exactly. keep moving or keep going. You can do yeah. this. And for me, just remembering that has oftentimes stopped me from speaking negatively and made sure that I'm in my mind speaking positively
0: yeah it's a great just that alone you know we think about are there are there daily disciplines that can radically fundamentally alter in a positive way our life and one of them is repurposing or recalibrating or refocusing a positive thought in place of a negative thought just like a carpenter would use a good nail to drive out a bad nail The daily discipline of replacing negative self-talk with positive self-talk can fundamentally change our life. It is that powerful.
1: I love it. I have a feeling, I ask this question to every guest, of what book you're going to recommend. But what (laughs) book would you recommend all the listeners check out?
0: Well, I'm a big advocate for studying the Bible.
1: I assume Um, that's what you were going to say, but yeah,
0: but that's a lofty, just to say, read the Bible. Like, whoa, where do you, where do you begin? So what I'm up to these days is recommending a particular book in the Bible. Okay. And that's the book of James in the new Testament. And here's why I recommend James. It's very applicable. It discusses principles that we've talked about today self-talk, kindness, leadership by example, integrating your faith with the demonstration of your faith through your works. Yet what's really exciting about this particular book is the author himself. So get this, James is the half-brother of Jesus Christ.
1: I didn't, I'm unaware of this, so you're educating. Radical, right? And during the lifetime
0: On earth, that Jesus and James had together, Jesus being the older brother to James, James did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He ridiculed him. Yet here he is, years later, a faithful apostle who's martyred. He's killed in faith of Jesus Christ. He writes this letter in faith of Jesus Christ, his half brother. What changed? Well, What happens is after the resurrection, after Jesus was crucified, resurrected from the dead, Jesus met with James. And when James saw his brother resurrected, he came to faith. He believed, yes, you are the son of God. And it changed his life. Mm -hmm. So for for people that are either already deeply immersed in scripture, it's a wonderful book. Yet, for people that are skeptical or have doubt, who better to read than James, who doubted for 33 years of Jesus' life on earth? He doubted too. And there's something so relatable about reading his book, his letter, because oftentimes I think we all question our faith. From time to time, we all question our faith. And this book is really reaffirming our faith from a very relatable author it's just wonderful
1: well i appreciate that i'll definitely check it out although you threw in a little bit of a spoiler in there (laughs) Um, (laughs) we'll still read it where can people find all of your books though that if they want to purchase fire breather fitness the warrior and the monk victory when that comes out where can they purchase these books
0: they're all on amazon victory's out now the kindle version is available for pre-sale It will drop in just a few weeks. The paperback will be out by July 1st. The other books are all on Amazon. So that's a good place to go for my books. To contact me, they're welcome to go to my website, GregoryAmundsen.com. That's a great landing place. My books are there. My podcast, my mentorship coaching programs are all locatable there, as well as links to the other projects that i have going on
1: yeah we can find out all about you what's any big endeavors as far as fitness goes i mean coming off of five rounds of murph anything happening in the near future
0: well something i'm really excited about is i'm the new section chair on physical fitness for the national tactical officer association so that's a really um, just an amazing group of of men and women um, that are part of the NTOA, and the NTOA, by bringing me on as the expert on physical fitness, is indirectly aligning with CrossFit. So this coming Saturday, June 1st, I'm meeting at NTOA headquarters with a hand-picked group of experts who are officers and also people that I see as leaders in CrossFit in law enforcement. We're all meeting with the purpose of creating benchmark workouts for law enforcement for both patrol and a nationwide standard on physical fitness for law enforcement so it's never been done before there's not a nationwide agreeable standard on what equates to a ready state of physical fitness for law enforcement. Yet it needs to be done, it has to be achieved. It's important for our nation to come to terms on what equates to sustainable physical fitness for law enforcement officers. What's the bottom line level of capacity needs to ensure the mission and the safety of their public and the life of their fellow officers. So it's a lofty goal that we're meeting for, I believe it's something that can be achieved, so I'm, I'm really excited about this.
1: That's really cool, because, you know, a lot of people hear that, and they think of the standard one-and-a-half-mile run, or two minutes of sit-ups and push-ups, and be it for the military or for law enforcement, while there's certainly correlates to fitness, it's probably not the best test we could be using, so that's really cool that you're doing that, and it's going to be standardized across the country.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it, and and uh, the the group of people that I've that I've picked just phenomenal athletes, great leaders within their department. They're great ambassadors for CrossFit back to their respective departments. So I really feel strongly that once we design these tests and these protocols, the ability to roll it out across the nation is going to happen really quick.
1: Well, selfishly, I'm very excited that we just chatted because. I'm, <laughs> You cannot help but be motivated after spending some time with you. So, thank you for your time. Thanks for all you've done for the community and everything else you've done. It's, it's hard to put it into words, but you've been a tremendous influence for me from day one in CrossFit, watching you do. I was talking to somebody about you, watching you do GI Jane, and you switched your grip on those, on those pull ups that's a game changer we can change our grip that makes it so much easier Um, (laughs) or watching you do the old school frog kip and trying to mimic it um so it's been really awesome you know so I, i really appreciate your time thanks for all you do and i will definitely be checking out your new book victory
0: thank you for having me on the show and thanks for your flexibility with my crazy schedule i appreciate it
1: it's worth it thanks a lot have a great rest of the day
0: god bless you thank you jason
1: Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.